Hey, Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillow, and I have a great guest lined up for you today. Now, this podcast, it's about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional, and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we'll be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, sharing tools and resources, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I have one small request. Would you be willing to go to iTunes or whatever app it is that you're listening to us on and subscribe and leave a rating and review? It's so helpful to us. It actually enables the algorithms to find us. It helps people to find our community and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people. It's a small thing, but it would mean so much to us. So thank you. So let me ask you, are you ready to be inspired? Because today our guest on the podcast is Tess Cox. Now Tess is the principal of Tess Cox and Associates LLC, a leadership coaching, consulting and training organization specializing in being the leader of yourself first. As an author of two books, The Leadership Blueprint, Becoming the Architect of Your Life and Work, and The Family Strong Blueprint, Tools of Engagement for Parents and Teens, Tess's methodology is to create and build deeper meaning and connection within our personal and professional relationships. Tess is a graduate of Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, California, and her greatest joy is her family. So welcome, Tess. Thank you, Jane. I so appreciate being on the podcast today with Sacred Changemakers, and it just brings me pure joy to be in your presence. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. <laughs> I tell you, it's good to reconnect and catch up with you. It really is. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation today because we've got an, a really interesting title for me. It's called Becoming Intentional in Life and Work Brings a Healing Presence. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get to that. But before we do, let me uh, ask you to share with our listeners, like who is the real authentic woman behind the professional bio, Tess? <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband would say he's been married to five different women in our almost 40 years of marriage. So <laughs> I, I take that into consideration and it's actually a compliment. Um, I think within all of those five women he's been married to, they've been connected in one way, shape or form. <laughs> And that connection really stems from a desire to live life in a way that is constantly healing um, and intentionally looking for ways to continue to grow and develop in who I am as a woman, as a leader, as a wife and mother and grandmother now. And um, I'm finding that the older I get, the more I'm appreciative of the ability to grow. Mm, yes. And I love it when you talk about like, you know, being a constant healing presence and, you know, healing is one of those words that's bandied around an awful lot. So I'd love you to kind of, you know, give us a little bit of texture to that. I mean, what do you mean when you say that? How can someone be a constant healing presence in their life? Mm. Well, it really starts with my story. 
um, as an adopted child, the healing needed to happen the moment I was born and given up for adoption. Um, although that was the best decision and I was raised by loving parents, it set me upon a healing uh, path that I didn't know growing up, but I realized um, later on in my adult life. And so our stories, the beginning of our stories all have aspects of, of healing. Our lives are human and imperfect, and certainly mine uh, was as well. Um, again, grateful for loving parents um, that protected me. Um, but there was also healing that needed to happen from their life choices of raising in a particular deep, strict faith and belief, which I am supportive of, of growing in faith, um, maybe not as strict as what I grew up with. Certainly the enlightenment of growing into adulthood needed some healing there. And, and then life choices and life decisions. Um, some life decisions work out really well and others not so much. And there's healing that needs to happen. And I just find that the, again, in the process of healing what's internally at my core so that I can live fully alive and even celebrate who I am and be liberated into who I am and who I desire to be and long to be, there's the intentionality of it. And that brings great freedom. The intentionality of healing brings me freedom. And I, that's an everyday choice to to embrace that. Mm. That's great because what an interesting perspective, like not many of us, like we all kind of think about the life we'd like to lead, I think in some ways, but not many of us like get round to the fact of, you know, maybe we need to heal something within us first. Mm -hmm. So I love your perspective on that because for me, it feels like the first step in the journey really to change you know an intentional change particularly it begins with healing mm -hmm. so would you say that's does that resonate for you is that the truth because it sounds like it was part of your path but it also sounds like at the beginning of a process of change absolutely and and true transformation where I could start trusting myself I needed the healing so that I could trust the core of who I am and intentionally even care for myself, be interested in me as well, right. and be honest and truthful with myself, both from a spiritual aspect, physical, emotional, psychological aspect. I needed that healing to really lead the journey in which I'm living the life that I know I'm called to today. Mm. So tell us about that life that you're called to. I love connecting with people and I'm curious about people. I'm truly interested in, in the core of who people are, not just for what they do and how they make a living, but but what their story is and it's fascinating as a as an executive leadership coach the the aspect of caring is so much a part of my work that people respond to to the care as much as they respond to 
the ability to create a connection and communication and a dialogue and, and find their true core, which then leads them to lead more intentionally as well. Yeah. And, you know, if I think about you, because we've known each other for a few years Mm -hmm. now, and when I think about the energy that you show up with, you have this very, like, wide open heart, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I think of. When I think of you, Tess, I think of, like, love and care Mm -hmm. and nurturing and compassion and all those kind of big hearted things. Now, they're not usually, like, words that we put in the same kind of sentence as leadership, (laughs) And yet here you are doing this incredible work in the world. I mean, can you tell me a little bit about that in the context of leadership? Well, like in everything, Jane, would, would you agree the, the painful parts of our story either construct or expand? And the painful parts of my story, which were meant to construct and um, put me in a, in a place of no voice, ultimately became the expansion of having voice. And I found that the more open my, my mind, um, the way I process information with others, the way I use my skills to truly listen and and hear what another person is saying and to help them organize what they're saying with greater clarity and keep the engagement the entire time that that truly is a gift and a skill that i've learned to celebrate and value because not everybody has that gift and that skill and and just as yourself, you have incredibly gifts, incredible gifts and skills to draw people into a dialogue. It, we need that. People need that. The world needs that. And, and that I'm just trying to do my part in the world to, to continue expanding that kind of dialogue with the big heart because it requires that expanse of no judgment. Yeah. And I think you're talking to something there that is really important because, you know, as you talk about us healing and I I think about what trauma naturally does to us, it does make us kind of retreat and go smaller and, and really kind of move away from ourselves. And what you're speaking to here is really keeping your heart open regardless, doing the intentional healing and, and reconnecting with yourself at a, in a way that really enables you then to you know, play your part, maybe do your work in the world in a mm-hmm. very authentic way. So I, I really, I really want to honor what you're speaking to here. Now, your first book, The Leadership Blueprint, Becoming the Architect of Your Life and Work. So tell me about that book, because what I'm interested in is this sounds like something that you were really taking a stand for and probably still do in your life and work. And it feels something, you know, as I, as I read the book, I could really feel your passion coming through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, I am passionate. 
I'm passionate that women feel empowered to lead themselves um, and men feel empowered so that we can collaborate and work together in a healing environment of empowerment. Mm. And, and I know I love life to be exciting. And at the same time, I know life is challenging. I know that every day there's choices to, to create our, our experiences. And then there's, there's things that are chosen that we are, have a choice to respond to. And what's key is I think with the book, the leadership blueprint, becoming the architect of your life and work, what was most meaningful to me was that there was voice for the reader to find their voice. Hmm. And and of course, with the premise that we focused on was the foundation of our character. Mm-hmm. I knew that every, if when I have to ask myself at the end of the day, did I lead myself with character? And I can say, yes, I led myself with character. I know all things are going to work out in a way that's going to be healing and good. I may not know how, but I know when I lead myself with character that it will happen. I've seen that in my life. I've experienced it in my life. I also know when I lead myself with the competencies and the skill sets, not trying to be someone else, but being true to who I am, then there are good things that transpire because I'm leading myself with my character and my competencies. And I'm not trying to do something that somebody else wants me to do if it's not truly who I am. Certainly consistencies matter. It may be one of the most challenging things to create consistency. And yet consistency is a place I can always go to if I know I need to improve somewhere. Creating relationships are vitally important. I stay curious about people. I I love stories. And the curiosity of being interested in others has helped me create relationships, which even to the point of our relationship beginning, it started with a curiosity. And both of us are curious women. And so it just expanded from there, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. And, you know, you're speaking to something that often isn't given voice in leadership terms, because I think we still, you know, many organizations and many executives are still embodying, you know, what I would think of in many ways as a more masculine style of leadership. Mm -hmm. And what I hear you speaking to is a more receptive, maybe a more feminine, but maybe a more balanced style of leadership. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting that you're, it sounds like you're almost following like where the path is taking you and kind of trusting that, you know, if you show up with your leadership blueprint, then, you know, life will unfold in, 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 in good ways. Is that right? <laughs> well, and it's interesting, life does unfold in good ways. As I've taken people through the leadership blueprint, there there are countless stories where lives have been transformed, not because they followed a formula, but because they have followed truly who they are. And it doesn't mean that there 
isn't complexity or challenges or even disappointments. What it does mean, it's a grid. Uh, I remember Jane coming to one of your um, weekend retreats um, and it was so powerful and it was, it was a few months after my father had passed away and, and I was, he passed away in June of 2017 and in July I'm asking myself, why isn't my business growing? What can I do to grow my, grow my business? And I put myself through the five C's and I just talked to myself in this way, Tess, you're still a woman of character. Hun, you still have good competencies. You're still a good coach. You're just not consistent right now because you're grieving. Mm. And oh my goodness, it just felt like such a relief. There's the healing piece. Mm. Felt like such a relief. Okay, well, I know consistency will come back. And then I was able to attend your retreat and there's the creative relationships, which then brought even more confidence. I can do this. Right. And it wasn't... It wasn't um, saying I didn't need to grieve. It just put grief in the context of it's okay to grieve and business will, will come back. And it did tenfold. And, and so the grid has actually helped me process decision-making process my own internal being. So I am following a path. Um, I, it's not a strict rule or regulation. It's, it actually brings freedom because it gives me a place to ask questions and be truthful with myself. Mm. And I love that you're embodying your own grid there, that you're actually, you know, it's not just something that you're teaching, you know, something that's kind of out there or theoretical or abstract, but it is actually something that is guiding you and your life yes. and your business in very intentional ways. I love that. Yes, yes. I do. Yes. So my next question is like your second book, The Family <laughs> Strong Blueprint. How did you go from the leadership blueprint to the family strong blueprint? I'm sure there's connections, but it, it almost is like in a different like section of the bookstore in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So true. Oh my goodness. Well, again, it's, it comes from story. Yeah. Um, one, a, a dear friend who I've known for over 20 years, um, her father passed away. There's a theme here of, of grief <laughs> and, and um, passing, but her father had passed away in May of 2017. Mine had passed in June of 2017, as I said, and and she had purchased the, my first book, The Leadership Blueprint, in July when I was at my lowest. And she came, she came to me. She lives in Colorado. Her name is Lindsay Kula Irvin. And, and she said, Tess, I need a book like this as I counsel and work with teens and families. And the parents always want me to fix the teens, but I really need to be able to help the family. Would you be interested in, in writing a book with me with the same kind of values um, that you have in the leadership blueprint? And, and at the time I said, well, let, let me think about it. And it sounds amazing. I always love opportunity. And, um, and so in October, 
we went to Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, had a beautiful cabin that we met, um, met at, and we started talking about what would it mean to write a book together? And the Family Strong Blueprint um, became real. And it's, it was an incredible journey. We, we um, wrote and edited for two years and it came out in December of 2019. And it's been, again, it's been a healing piece. Families need healing. I work with business um, executives, business owners. They all have families. And there's always something in our families that needs support, need care need love, need attention, connection. And as much as it seems kind of opposite ends of the spectrum of leadership and, and family, I, I bring them together because the family needs parents to, to lead. Um, no matter what your family system looks like, parent needs to, needs to lead in a way that listens and connects and pays attention to to their children, especially their teens. And you and I have both raised um, children. You're still in the process of raising a teenager. And, you know, they, the need for dialogue is so important. And that, that ends up being the strong connector with both books. It creates dialogue and it creates story. We even asked parents to go back and think about when you were in high school how are you leading your life with with character and and uh, i tell a story about i was not allowed to drive my father's red toyota corolla <laughs> um, down mooney boulevard a, a a road that you know had all the high schoolers out on it uh, during a friday night after a football game and sure enough towards the end of my senior year, I, I did with a group of friends. And, and I did feel bad about it at the time, but I was having so much fun. I just put it in the back of my mind. Oh, my parents will never know. But then the yearbook comes out and one of my friends had taken a picture who worked on the yearbook staff <laughs> and puts the picture in the yearbook. <laughs> so I was caught. And, and uh, when my parents were looking through the yearbook, caught me too. And uh, it was pretty funny because the car, I joke in the, in the story that the car just was not available during the summer right before I went to college. And uh, I was hitching a lot of rides that summer. But, um, you know, they were, they were gracious. And at the same time, it was a mindful, good reminder to, to remember I'm always leading myself in character no matter how much fun I want to have. I'm always leading myself. Mm. And that's a great story. It really is. I love how you are outed <laughs> in that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I mean, there's something that I know about you and it's connected to family that the listeners don't, I don't think, which is that, you know, you have such a close relationship within your family, with your children, to the extent that a number of them work with you as well. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tell me about that. Because when I look at you and I see you all on social media and things, I mean, I'm aghast that you 
are able to kind of build this business and bring your, particularly your daughters in and yes. everybody's working like on the same pathway here. And I mean, it just seems like such a full, rich family life that you lead, Tess. I'd love to get a sense of, you know, how that emerged. Because if I say to my kids anything about coaching, they kind of put a cross up and go, don't you coach me, mom, <laughs> you know, like that. It's like the complete opposite. Like, so it's like, wow, I'm so fascinated by this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it has been over many years. And Chelsea, my daughter, who um, works with TCNA, she's, um, she does a lot of our social media operations. Um, we're working on teachable uh, communication and learning uh, tools and resources as well that she's uh, front running. She is the sensor side of, and what I mean by that, she likes the facts and data and details mm. of the business where I love, oh, this is a great idea. And let's, let's go with this idea. And we can do this. This won't take very long. <laughs> and then my team's always saying, wait a minute. Um, yes, it will take longer than you think. And uh, we need you to slow down a bit. Um, they've given me a rule of, I think I get three ideas a year now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the whole thing that happened with Chelsea, she was working in New York, um, working in the hotel industry. She's got an amazing story. And I'm so proud of both of my children and, and their spouses as well. They're all incredible people. Chelsea in the hotel industry was working her way up and as a censor would in her personality and judging personality of having a system, having a method, having a schedule. She was just checking things off the list. And she realized it became where it wasn't as fulfilling as she thought it was going to be. And about three years ago, she started to make the transition and and this is her story to tell, but what I can say is that the transition has been a lot of internal work, much like I have done um, in my younger years to be where I am at today. And she made that personal choice to go inward and to heal. And, and the healing process has created an incredible woman um, who is wise beyond her years. Um, and I, I do feel some emotion right now because I am so proud of her and I know how hard she's worked. And she also cares and is interested and wants to be available to, to create opportunities for, for growth um, and development for people. And she continues to, to work on that. And, and with TCNA, Tess Cox and Associates, um, we, we've worked quite a bit in the hotel industry. And as we have all experienced COVID-19, that particular part of our branch of business, we are still supporting. Uh, we are not actively charging, but we are still uh, supporting. And we have offered things at no charge for the hotel industry um, in relationships that we have um, to be a supportive um, 
resource for them. We love hospitality. Um, we love to, my husband, my son, my daughter, they're, they're great cooks. We love to sit around the table and have a dialogue. And I think what, what you're referring to, Jane, is when family goes through a hard time, we have a choice again to, to exit and construct, or we have a choice to connect and dig deeper. And I'm so grateful that my family and I, we were willing to dig deeper and keep the dialogue going, keep the healing going, and, and ultimately choose family. And that's a choice that we, we continue to make. We keep choosing family. We're all running um, businesses. Chelsea also runs another business as well. My husband's running his, my son and daughter-in-love. They're uh, on parent leave right now with our new grandbaby, but they're running their businesses. And my son-in-love is also um, running his. It's, we keep coming back to family is where we truly feel the care, the love, the support. Um, and that's what's been most meaningful to me. Mm. I really feel that as you speak, I really do. Um, and, you know, we've talked here around different threads I'm noticing are coming up. And, and I want to ask you, you know, one of the things that Sacred Changemakers that we, we talk about a lot is, you know, the changes that we take a stand for, mm -hmm. the kind of things that we can't not do. I mean, how would you describe what that is for you? That's a good question, Jane. When I put it in the context of what's most meaningful, again, family is the most meaningful component to, to me as a woman. And as I lead myself, and lead and partner with our family, the, what also gets worked out in that is looking for ways how to support and help other families as well. Mm -hmm. And so the Family Strong Blueprint is, is a component of that in supporting families and the things that we're building out in the business to continue to support families. The, the opportunities to give back. We, um, TCNA gives back to Single Mothers Outreach um, in our community. It's an important component of building strong families. And we created um, a particular curriculum uh, for family for um, single mothers outreach called she is worthy which supports women growing in their confidence of of who they are and really living out their lives at the core of who they are and so that that piece those are a few pieces that that we can tangibly participate in in our community and then externally as we 
as we work across the country. We have our family strong blueprint curriculum being adapted for, for schools up in Washington. Lindsay's in Colorado, we're adapting that in Colorado as well. I'm working on that here in California. So we keep looking for ways of where are we being called to expand. We also have a Find Your Why program that I'm very proud of. That's our, um, it's a nonprofit under TCNA. And that helps seniors in high school understand their why, understand again the core of who they are. Where do they gain their energy? It's going to be so important to know how to manage their energy as they leave home and go to college. How do they process information? That's so key because if they don't know how to how they process information, ultimately they'll drift, they'll follow. They'll be part, try to be part of the crowd. They need to know how they process information how they make decisions and how they like to order their world. All of that makes a difference. And I'm using reference to the Myers-Briggs, but all of that makes a difference in how they are going to find success in their college years. We had 10 students go through the program at no cost. And we've got 10 more that will go through. And the expanse of that particular program is, is exciting as well. It has some agricultural FFA components to it where many of the, the kids are in leadership of Future Farmers of America. Um, and one of our um, students uh, just became the California treasurer for FFA. So we're really, we're just proud of all of the kids. They come from all different demographics, socioeconomics, yet they want to, they want to heal. They want to live life intentionally. They want to do well in life and they're remarkable people. So I don't know if I answered your question. You did. What I guess I'm trying to say, I love being part of it all in some way. <laughs> and, and yet I'm not in charge of it all. Right. I just breathe life into it to, to help it get going. And then other people with really great skills and competencies come alongside and, and take it from there. You know, and all the different things we've talked about today in our conversation, I noticed there's a thread, right? That seems to be running through all the different elements of, of what you're talking to. And it seems to be about connections because mm -hmm. you talk about like energy, you know, with the students and their, how they're showing up and, um, um, and how they're creating meaning in their life and how they're feeling empowered as they go off to college and what their why is. You're talking about that connection to self, that mm -hmm. getting intentional about growing the mindset. You're speaking about that. And then you're speaking about connections to other people in leadership terms. And then you're speaking about them in connections to the family in terms of what that is. So I just hear this going through and I can't help but ask you because here we are right in the middle of COVID-19, you know, we're still mostly social distancing. A lot of us are still quarantined. Life 
is not like normal in inverted commas mm -hmm. like it was mm -hmm. so it's easy to feel very disconnected right now and yet I know because you mentioned before we started talking publicly that you know connection's so important right now yes it is and the connection to to ourselves mm -hmm. now some business leaders might say tess you're just absolutely crazy trying to have your hands in too many pots and my and maybe i am <laughs> yeah i i guess it comes down to the connection to participate and when we have the connection to participate and maybe that's where it's so challenging right now is we may not be feeling like we're participating yet there's so much that we can still participate in participating in the inward work now again if if there's a person listening that needs more support needs more counsel needs more coaching um, I'm not saying inward necessarily alone we can go inward with meditation we can go inward with different practices thoughtfulness and journaling and yet if you need support i'm all for support i live a life supporting others the the ability to participate to the connection again of who we are then gets manifested into the relationships that are meaningful to us and when I'm intentional about what's meaningful, there is connection. And that's really, really profound. If I'm intentional to what is meaningful, there is connection. Even if the person is so different from me, like my husband. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's still connection because there's meaning and there's intention. And I love that, that idea of participating. I, I, and it reminds me of something happened that happened to me last week. I was really blessed to be invited to a really small closed door um, conversation with Brene Brown. And um, yeah, and she was talking about, she's saying, you know, we live in a world where there's a million cheap seats, like anybody on social media can like, you know, like judge you, throw, slander you, all these things. She said, but I don't take any notice of that because she said, it's only like the credit belongs to the person who is in the arena, right? Mm -hmm. Whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood, who strives mm -hmm. valiantly, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while doing greatly. And that's what I hear from you. You're in the arena, right? Mm. You're in many arenas. You're mm -hmm. participating. Mm -hmm. You're there, you know, with the blood and sweat and tears. You're mm -hmm. there and, and you're actually being a guide for others. You're leading the way through the connection and the intentionality that you bring. And I, I really get that the energy that you bring with that, Tess, is a healing presence because... Mm -hmm. When you show up in that way and you step in to the arena, into participation, I really get that 
it changes like people get inspired just by seeing people step into the arena mm-hmm. and right now i think that's kind of what's being called forward mm-hmm. you know we're being called to be a little bit bolder a little mm-hmm. bit braver mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. being called to participate so i really want to honor yes. that yes you. Yeah. i do oh my gosh let me ask you this final question <laughs> If there's something that you'd hoped we'd get to to today, something you would want to share with our listeners, what might it be? Oh, the first thing that comes to mind is that you're all valued. Yeah. And don't let anyone ever tell you that you have no value. And if they do, send them to me and I'll set them straight. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Tess, thank you. Thank you so much for being like so open and so trusting with us in this conversation and letting us into your, you know, not just your work and your life, but into your family and the relationships and the connections that you're creating there because it's so inspirational. And I know our listeners will have gained some great insights from your story and everything you shared with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jane. Such a pleasure. And I so value who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. This episode of Sacred Changemakers was brought to you by our sacred community for individuals who want to make the world a better place. You, dear listener, were born for these times because we can all be changemakers. The world needs you. But perhaps you don't know how to make a meaningful difference or what it is that you can do to help. So if life is feeling a little chaotic and you're looking for sanctuary, if you are interested in connecting with some lovely people, if you have a sense that maybe there's a little bit more to life for you, but you're not sure what it is, perhaps a deeper purpose or a calling, then we invite you to explore this and so much more in community with us. Expand your awareness, clarify your purpose and learn how to make a meaningful impact in your life and in the lives of others. The members are actually our sponsors who help us to produce this podcast for you. If our episode resonated with you today, we hope you'll consider joining us. You can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. And for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your efforts and intentions to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.